everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. I'm Paul Fontaine. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm with Ryan Frederick. That's not what his name is reading here on, on our thing, but uh, we'll go with Ryan. Um, it's my regular co-host, Ryan Frederick, uh, MMA extraordinaire, author of the MMA Roundup on Fight Game Media, as seen on ESPN+. Plus. Ryan, uh, we had a, a busy weekend of MMA, and... And ESPN, yeah, yeah. Um, we had a busy weekend of MMA this week uh, for, you know, I guess what is a holiday weekend, kind of. Um, it's more of a holiday here than it is down there, although depending on where you are, I guess it's more of a holiday in some places than others. Um, you're in Texas where Good Friday is a holiday, right? Uh, well, it was also Easter. Easter is a big holiday here. Yeah. Well, sure, but not like, so do you guys get Monday off too? uh define define off i work i work a seven day a week job so I don't, yeah 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 but i mean like in general like our uh, like i don't our, does like government offices shut down on mondays i don't think schools were i think schools were were running today schools were running here it's it's a really weird day schools run but government offices close yeah and so because i work for the government i i have the day off and it's the one day a year where where my daughter goes to school and I stay home. No, Although, usually, wow, I stay yeah. home every day because I work from home, but um, but where I don't have to work. And it's funny because for some reason this year, a lot of the, the companies that I work with, they were opening. And I'm not sure why, because they never have on Easter Monday before. So it, it was a little bit of confusion. And I think maybe part of it had to do with the fact that um, we had that big storm that you know some people might have heard of, depending on where you are, in Manitoba. And we... so. Wednesday and Thursday of last week, like basically the city shut down in anticipation of the storm of the century. And it turned out to be not really a whole lot. Uh, Thursday, Wednesday morning was a little, little dicey, but other than that, like, I don't know, we've, we've kept stuff running. We have not shut down for a lot worse than this. So, um, but then this morning, we actually got some snow last night, like quite a bit. And what happened was all the snow we got last week melted and then froze. And then we got snow on top of it. So this morning, the conditions were way worse this morning than they were last week. And everything was running. So my daughter's bus got stuck um, on, uh, so she, they were late getting her. And then I got a call uh, about 930 saying she's not at school yet. Her bus is stuck on a side street somewhere and they're sending a spare bus to go get her. So yeah, it was a pretty bit of a crazy weekend here, but, um, we got through it. Um, I got, so I didn't get to watch Bellator. Um, but I did watch, uh, UFC, uh, all of UFC. There's a lot of wrestling on this weekend too. And I watched all that, but that's what we're going to talk about here. Uh, but, uh, before we get into the shows, uh, we got to talk about, and, uh, this is, I think the biggest news of the week, depending on your perspective, um, after the UFC on, um, on Saturday, Dana White was at the press conference, which he's not it was, isn't always for these it was, nights. It was his actually in an interview with with uh, TMZ. Oh, okay. On, TMZ on Sunday. With TMZ? He do, okay. He didn't do anything post fight on Saturday. Okay, so I heard wrong, but he did comment about John Jones and basically said that he's looking to make the fight with Stipe that we've been talking about for a while. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, there's reasons why over the past few weeks on this show and in my column that I've been hinting at it because that's that's the plan for July second is they want they want to do the interim title fight with uh, John Jones and Stipe Miocic. The the fight has already been offered to Stipe. 
Uh, don't know if they've agreed to it. I think I think the first pl- the first thing is to get Stepe on board, and if they get Stepe on board, I feel like they're confident in getting John on board. I think I don't think there's going to be any financial issues. Uh, you know, I've often I don't want to be Mister Speculatory, but I've also I've often felt like uh, this time away from John was a l- had had a. It wasn't all about money. <laughs> it wasn't all about money issues. We'll put yeah. it to that way. To that way. Let's just let's just leave it at leave it at that. And it's I a nice think cover whatever, story. Yeah, it was probably a <laughs> just an easy cover story for a lot of other stuff. Stuff, you know, and he's gotten all that taken care of. And he's ready to come back. You know, he's and plus the two years, it did give him a chance to get his body acclimated to heavyweight so it's probably good for him mm-hmm. good for him but he's ready to come back and you know if uh i honestly think of the two it's going to be harder to get stipe back on board because stipe Ooh. he's 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 only planning on fighting two maybe three more times at most at most and i think he wants the actual heavyweight title not an interim title but at the same time he's wanted the john jones fight for years so so and Plus, Stipe has always been somebody they've had issues negotiating with in the past. It's no, there's no secret there. So, I think as long as they can get him on board, then that's the fight for July second, International Fight Week. So, w- with it being in Vegas, um, they can get a site fee from um, from the um, T-Mobile, and that they, they gives already, them enough money. Do. They already yeah. do. For all that's what I mean. There. So that that's so they can afford to pay John Jones. I mean, they can afford it anyways. But it makes more financial sense to have a John Jones fight in Las Vegas, or MSG, or a stadium. Really, is is if you're going to pay him, you know, like not Connor money, but closer to Connor money than Stipe money, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, put him in that. Yeah, close to Connor, above above Adesanya, and you know, probably like eight to ten is what what he's looking at, probably right. Like I know he wants twenty, but he's not getting twenty. We 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 never we never know. <laughs> no, we never know. Yeah, I mean, and then he'll get pay per view points, and uh, you know, and they'll um. They'll build, they'll, you know, ESPN will push the hell out of this. And I mean, it's, it's going to do a million buys minimum. I think, uh, John Jones being gone for two years, July 2nd, ESPN pub, um, you know, that, that's a big fight and they'll load up the undercard too. I, so. I don't, I, uh, I don't say a million because John's never done a million to begin with. And mm-hmm. I don't know that Stipe would do that, but, uh. We might have uh, you know. to do a little gentleman's bet on this one. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like this is a million by million by pay per view, but nah, who nah. knows? The Nagano fights a million buys for sure, for sure. This one, oh, I think Nagano is like a million five, but I I don't know. I maybe I'm overestimating. This, I, I could be. This one, I feel like you are ever overestimating. I could see seven hundred. What did uh, I could see seven? What did Adesanya do? What did us? It didn't Adesanya do like seven seven fifty? Yeah, the last the last time out. Yeah, yeah. but uh, John like, did. I, I don't know. It feels like John Jones. It's hard because we haven't really had a John Jones fight in this era of ESPN, like pushing things. I mean, you know, he fought at the beginning of the ESPN contract, but yeah, but not like the way they're pushing stuff now. Like, I mean, they're actually making stars the last two years. Like, it feels like since Jones has last fought that they've made a lot of stars with their push. Like when... I'm trying to remember John, when uh, I mean, Masvidal. John, John fought after the after ESPN made Masvidal a star, and his fight with Reyes didn't. Did they? Okay, okay. Didn't do all okay, that well. Okay. All that well. So, mm-hmm. 
All right. Well, I mean, he hasn't. The other thing is obviously has a hard grow fonder. Yeah, he obviously hasn't fought since the pandemic started, and the pandemic kind of kind of helps helped elevate some people. Some people, but uh, at the same time, you know, yeah, you know, he, he, uh, I mean, I, I think seven, seven to eight, maybe eight hundred. Not that it really matters. <laughs> Makes That's no difference to me. <laughs> It'll be. Uh, it, no, true, true. And honestly, like, you know, in these days, like, you know, we, it's not like before where, you know, we, we could kind of analyze these things and stuff. Cause we, we only get the numbers they want us to get. I mean, you eventually get them all, but, um, you know, when, when it's nice, they tell you. And when it's not, I mean, you can figure out it's not because they don't tell you right away. Uh, but yeah, that's, I mean, that'll be one to look forward to. Um, you know, like I said, we haven't seen him for a couple of years and, uh, it, it, what I'm, one other thing I'll be interested in is the fan reaction because I feel like I, for some reason, Jones is going to get cheered, which is just ridiculous because Miosik is the, like, just this most stand up best representative, you know, like there's no reason to boo him. And I don't think they're going to boo him, but I think they're going to be cheering Jones when, you know, really he should be the number one heel in the whole business. But yeah, I just feel like they're probably going to cheer him. Yeah. Both guys, <laughs> both guys will get cheered and John will get cheered just because we haven't seen him for so long. So yeah, it'll be, exactly. Yeah. And if you he know, wins, like it'll be a huge pop. Yeah, that's granted. I mean, this fight is, it's not signed. And of course we should, you know, we shouldn't, let's not get ahead of ourselves because, because until the, you know, nothing's guaranteed on this fight until it's signed. But, you know, like I hinted at, and, you know, like I said, that's the plan. They've offered at least to one guy and they're going to, you know, they're, (laughs) they're trying to get this. Is that enough to get? Trying to make. They're they're trying to make. Is this this. enough to get your butt out to Vegas? Uh, 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 yeah yeah uh. <laughs> yeah yeah i saw i who's who was it that i just saw somebody getting just got credentialed for this show and it's the first time they've been to a show since the pandemic it's it a relatively big name um oh i can't remember so i i think it's canadian guys so it's probably why you don't know but um not not baldwin but um ah i i don't i don't remember Aaron Bronstetter. It, he was real excited not not Bronstetter. um Oh, it's the guy that used to do the same uh, MMA show that I did in Winnipeg. He he did it on times when I didn't do it. Like it was me, Baldwin, and him. And I can't remember. James Lynch. It doesn't matter. But he was all happy. Maybe it's James Lynch. Yeah, yeah. I think it was James Lynch. That that's the name I'm thinking of. So, um, if if it might have been him, and he was real happy that that he was going to be going. So, I think it was him. And if I'm wrong, somebody can correct me. But uh, that's, like you said, way in advance, not even booked yet. And in the meantime, we did have a big weekend of fights. And uh, you brought it up in your column. And uh, it's, uh, you know, before we even get into the main events, I want to talk about these um, these no contests. I mean, we had we basically had three of them in two shows, well, which I mean, you even te- right. Technically, we only had one no contest. Okay, so what was the other? Oh, but the fights that ended or ended on a on a on a um, what call it on a illegal blow, right? Two on the UFC card and one on the Bellator card, right? Yeah, yeah, and the My, two UFC yeah. ones went to went to a technical decision. Technical decision, right? Okay, and then the and and in all cases, I think there was a little bit of confusion uh, from the announcers. Um, you know, they we had um, we had the. Uh, Chris Barnett and Martin Boudet fight in the uh, UFC. And then later on in the um, co-main, we had the 
how, how are they pronounced? I can't remember. Calborello. Kyle Calborello. Well, yeah, that's Dane. close enough. Gadzi. Yeah. And Gadzi. Uh, Omar Gadziev. Omar Gadziev, yeah. And they, um, so they had an illegal blow and they'd already finished more than half the fight. So they went to the judges' scorecards and the judges scored the round with the foul in it as if it was over. And, uh, you know, so we had technical decisions in those fights. And then in the co main as well of the Bellator card, we had um, the we had an accidental clash of heads with three, five seconds left in the round. Um, Corey Anderson was winning i mean he had won he had lost the first round but won the second and won the third but they didn't go to the judges scorecards because it was a title fight and because um they hadn't finished three rounds of a title fight but nobody in the building knew what was going on um people figured it out on twitter i guess and they were probably on the broadcast as well but i, I was listening to garrett talk about this uh, because him and dave Meltzer were at the show and they said like he was reading about it on twitter before anybody in the building knew like dave was with right beside him they had no idea what was happening everyone thought Corey anderson had won and and he didn't so it's unusual to have fights end like this you know you might get one in a show like eh, maybe every month or two um maybe not even that often and then to get Get two in one show and then one in another show all in the same weekend was uh, kind of bizarre. And uh, I mean, I don't think it's, you know, it's whenever stuff like this happens. I remember we had a stretch last year where there was like a couple fights in a row that ended on DQ, including that title fight. And people were, oh, we got to change the rules, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't think it's anything like that. I think it's just, yeah, it's just a weird coincidence that this stuff happened. And um, I did think in the... I think in the um, Boudet-Barnett fight, I think it should have been stopped, like regardless of whether or not there was a low blow. Like I actually thought it had been stopped uh, or a, a hit to the back of the head, I should say, uh, because Boudet, I mean, he was done. Like I think Barnett was finished from the, I think he broke his rib and he he went down because of that. And then he was getting pounded on the back of the head and then the ref stopped it before the illegal blow. Um, the, um, the co-main... You know, I, you know, I, I don't know. I think, you know, I, whatever it was, a, it was an illegal blow and they stopped it. Like that was just, you know, I think that was the right call. And then I didn't see the bell tour. So I, I can't really comment on it other than what I was told. Okay. So, so on the bell tour one, since you didn't, you didn't say it, what, what the confusion was from the people in the audience, as opposed to people at home is the people at the show thought that, that there was a stoppage. Like like that Anderson okay. had one had one via ground and pound stoppage. I didn't know about about the headbutt, but uh, while he was in there grounding and pounding and trying to get the finish, he headbutted headbutted Nimkov, and Nimkov had had the cut and couldn't continue. And and had it gone just three more seconds, they could have gone to a technical decision, and Anderson would have won won the fight. But because the fight didn't hit hit the end hit the end of the round round, it didn't go to the technical decision because the rule is is it's got to go be two completed rounds in a three round fight and three completed rounds in a five round fight to go to technical technical decisions so uh yeah i mean that's and then of course bellator trying to bring in the check and then hiding it you know they i think they were all confused and i think that just confused you know everybody more and then Corey anderson yelling that he's the champion you know i'm the champion whenever you're like no, dude, you're not. You're not. I mean, you know, it was, yeah. a, it was accidental. These things happen. Things happen. It's no contest. On the UFC side, uh, I'll say in the Borjala-Omar Godziev fight that that really 
should not should that foul with the the knee to the head with one arm with one hand down uh that really should no longer be a foul that is that is an right old That's ass, what I thought. that is an old ass ancient rule that needs to be abolished i mean i mean the one hand if if a knee's on the ground that's another story. Knee on the ground, it's illegal, hundred percent of the hundred percent of the time. And if it's a knee on the ground, ground, they should be. And and there's a, and you know there's a knee to the face when there's a knee on the ground. That should be an automatic disqualification. Everybody wanted. Everybody was talking about. You know, Piotr Jan got disqualified against Aljo. How come Borala didn't get disqualified? Well, if you would actually go back, those people, if you would actually pay attention to the to the Jan Sterling finish, Sterling very clearly had his knee on the ground. Jan very clearly saw the knee on the ground, yet he still threw the knee and connected to the head. That was a hundred percent intentional in that fight. In that fight, even a there was even a moment. A situation less than two months, months later, where there was the other DQ. It was a rant in a rant fight between Random Marcos and Luana Pinheiro. Uh, Pinheiro was was on top. Her knees were very clearly on the ground, and Marcos threw an up kick that hit her in the face very clearly. When Pinheiro was down, to where I mean, those had to be disqualifications. This one was an you know an ancient rule that needs to be. It needs to be abolished. I mean, aren't I mean, there some like I thought? Aren't there some states where that actually would have been legal? I think so. Uh, I think so. I I, yeah, I think there's so been too. so yeah. many like rules alterations. I know. And so I many, know. and they used to tell different. you. They used to. They used to say at the beginning of the show, "Oh, we're under the new rules. We're under the old rules." They stopped doing that like yeah. two years ago. Yeah, it's just so. But uh, but yeah, I mean, and uh, still, and that one is a little gray area. Gray area, but that rule should be abolished. The single hand, hell, hell, it should be abolished. Abolished if two hands are on the ground. Because honestly, if two hands are on the ground and there's no knees on the ground, then what? What? Then what the hell is yeah. going on in this fight? This the fight, only the, reason you've got your 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 feet on your hand on the ground is so that you won't get hit. Yeah, like that's yeah. literally it. That's the only reason somebody would be have there, and that's literally the reason he had his hand down here is because he was trying because he knew as long as his hand was down, he couldn't get kneed in the head. Yeah. And then in and, the uh, yeah, so in the Budai Barnett thing, I honestly yeah. believe that was just an honest mistake by Budai that it wasn't intentional that he yeah. was just pounding away. And sometimes, you know, you got to watch your blows. But some we've seen it happen. Some guys land questionable, questionable, you know, shots. You know, and it was, I think it was more so because it was behind the, it was ended up being behind the head more than it being a downward elbow. Is probably what. what you think the issue it was, was real close to being stopped, anyways? Though? Yes, yes, I think it was real close to being yeah, stopped. Yeah, stopped, anyways. And then you got to throw in this other factor to it. It's ultimately the referee's decision whether you're going to yes. go to a decision, a no contest, a disqualification. Uh, Mark Smith uh, on both those disqualifications last year, the Stur- in the Sterling fight and the Marcus fight. Mark Smith was the referee in both fights. He's a very good referee, and I think you know, I think in both instances he made he made the right call in both instances and he was also he's also one of those guys who's kind of you know every he's quicker than he's quicker than other referees when it comes to taking a point points away for fouls so he you you know what you're going to get with him both both times on on Saturday on the UFC the Badai fight and the Barella fight both those fights were refereed by Dan Mariguliata who is 
Yeah. Uh, I will just yeah. say he's 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 far from the best referee, and I think he's. And I, I don't, don't even th- think he knew what to do. Like yeah, he was I don't asking think he, Herb Dean, like, what do I do? Yeah, yeah, I don't think he knew what to do, and I think he just. Yeah. I don't. I think he's. He's one of those guys who doesn't want to make a call, who who wants somebody else to make the call for him. Yeah. So which leads yeah. to a whole lot of confusion. Whereas whereas guys like Mark Smith, Jason Herzog, Keith Peters, Keith Peterson, and I, and I think Herb's a lot like Miragliata, but he he'll make a decision yes. to stick to stick to it. But like some of these like newer age referees, Chris. T- Tyones, these guys who are actually good and don't get the, get the credit they deserve, they make a decision and they stick to it. They're not asking other people. Other people, they know ultimately if the buck falls in their hands when they're refereeing a fight. Whereas you know Dan Herb, there's sometimes like you know what I do kind of thing thing. So uh, and and, I, and in the um, in the uh, in the yeah. Belter one, it was Frank Trigg, right? Yeah, it's Frank Trigg. Frank Trigg, but uh, that one that one had to be a that one had to be a no contest just because it didn't it didn't hit the three the end of the third round yet. That one, I don't think there was any other call to make to make in that one. But as far as the UFC ones, uh, he could have disqualified both guys. Yeah, you know there would have been no argument argument for me but uh but i felt like both both instances were was in that gray area so so just i think they made the right call the the announcers i know cormier was kind of playing up that you know that he thought that barnett was trying to get the dq uh because he knew he was going to lose a fight otherwise um and yeah i i mean like i said i thought like there was one point well it was in the middle of the round well we'll talk about this later but in the in between the rounds when we, we can talk about barnett now. Had hurt we can talk rib. about now because this is okay probably, probably all right. about all we'll talk about yeah this well fight. yeah yeah, well, Barnett, you know, he hurt his rib and he told his corner in between rounds, I think I broke my rib. And then they, you know, they just put him out there. And really, they probably shouldn't have. They should have, you know, they should have stopped it. They should have listened to their fighter. And then Dominic Cruz had the wisdom to say, you know, and, and I think one of the other announcers, it was um, it was John Anik and, uh, or no, it was Brendan Fitzgerald, right? And um, Cormier. And he said, uh, you know, um, you know, the corner should have looked out for their fighter. And then Dominic Cruz says, no, no, it's the corner's job to get their fighter back out there. And unless he wants to quit, he can tell them he wants to quit. Otherwise, it's their job to get him back out there. And no, <laughs> that is not their job. Their job is to protect their fighter. And uh, I, I couldn't believe what I was saying. You worded it, you know, you said it's one of the dumbest things you've ever heard a commentator say. And that's covering a lot of ground. And Dominic Cruz has had a few of them lately. Um you know, I don't. Why don't you you go off on this one? Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't have much much else to say. I'm not advocating for him to be removed from from commentating. No, but that was absolutely one of the absolute worst things that that you say. It's not a corner's job to protect their fighter. How asinine is that? We hear every every week week even from like yeah other fighters from Dana White how it's the corner's job to protect their fighters. And here's Dominic Cruz saying say it's not the corner's job to protect the fighter. The fighter needs to tell. Him Tell him he doesn't want to fight anymore. It's the corner's what an, job what to an, get him back out there. What an, what That's what he a, said. What, I was, an, what an absolutely asinine, idiotic thing, and it just shows what the what kind of an asshole Dominic Cruz really is. Uh, it really is. There was somebody going off, going off on a, uh, you know, some McGregor 
fan dweeb on MMA Twitter today saying Kamar Usman is the most unlikable UFC champion champion in history. And I go like, he's not even the most unlikable champion right now when Juliana Pena exists. But I mean, but like some of the names yeah. I rattled off, rattled off were like Matt Hughes, the biggest asshole in MMA history, history, Luke Rockhold, Dominic Cruz. I mean, like these guys are, you know, oh, you know, and then you hear, hear stuff. I mean, I like Luke Rockhold. But, John Jones. Yeah. I mean, I like Luke Rockhold, but. <laughs> I like Luke Rockhold, but I'll also admit that he's a smug asshole. But uh, yeah, but uh, <laughs> I don't like I don't like Luke Rockhold. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I I I put I I like Luke Rockhold as much as you like Sajara Eubanks. <laughs> well, well, I don't like Sajara Eubanks. So, so. <laughs> That's exactly my point. Yeah, yeah, but but Dominic <laughs> Cruz, like this is just you know he's you know he's great at the technical stuff, but that was just yeah. absolutely idiotic. Like you. Uh, I mean, you know, yeah, and he's lucky that was in the prelims of an ESPN show on a day when the everyone was watching the NBA. Because if this was main card of a pay per view, he'd be getting crucified. On, yeah, because uh, like literally, MMA. yeah, literally nobody's talking about him saying that. It was, yeah, and, and I mean, I brought it up because I heard it right away, and I even messaged you right away, and I said we got to talk about this, and you were like, oh, you know, you didn't remember what we were talking about because I was like you know, three hours behind you watching the show. But then as soon as I brought it up, you're like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to talk. Yeah, about I was like, it was like, I was tweeting. And like you said, I, like I had already tweeted about that. Like, you know, yeah. I, and I didn't, you know, I was staying off Twitter cause I didn't want the results spoiled. And, um, and Oh my God, it's funny. Cause you sent me a message right after that. And you're like, Oh, if you're just, you know, at the point where, you know, you, you, you know, at that fight, you said you've got a long night ahead of you basically like, you know, God bless. I hope you make it through it. And I'm like, I'm watching this card and I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. And I'm like, there's some good fights here. We got some finishes, we got some decisions, but the decisions are good fights. And then it's like, I, I hit a point where I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Maya, Byer, Silva, and Yanan Wu. And then, wait, wait, okay, we got more fights? Oh, wait. Uh, and I'm going, and I'm like, when are these fights going to stop? Like, I, they just kept coming. I think, and when we got to the co-main event, I think I'm that, like, what the hell? Is there, like, 30 fights on this card? Yeah, I think after the Silva-Yanan fight is when I told you that. And that was, like, that was yeah. the point where the show was starting to feel, like, like long. <laughs> like, long. Yeah. It, and just, then, it and just kind of, it, it was one of those where it just kind of, I mean, it was fine. The show was fine, but there was like a lot of dull yeah. fights there in the middle that yeah. just kind of killed everything. And honestly, a lot of very even fights, you know, which is, I mean, it's good matchmaking, yeah. but it's not always the best thing to watch. And honestly, so honestly, I'm going to beat a dead horse here and I don't give a fuck because I'm going to beat this dead oh, yeah, horse yeah, yeah. every week. I think the apex being in the apex made the show feel boring. Because there's no reactions during the fight. There's people in the yeah. stands and they're quiet. They're not doing anything. Anything. They was, were they were loud for certain things. Like yeah. I think there was a lot of um, Brandon Jenkins fans in the. So that they were they were high for that close his friends, Jenkins fight. All and his then, friends are really yeah. Yeah, yeah, but then, you know, like the Sabatini Laramie fight for instance. That fight would have probably got over great in front of a crowd. Even because even, Laramie was fighting back and yeah, even like, the which, even the Silva one Yanon fight would have would have gotten yeah, some, yeah, yeah, some yeah. good reactions. And there's people in there, it's just silence. <laughs> it's yeah, it's yeah. it's not a good environment yeah, to watch it and it makes it made the show I think that I think it hurt the show whenever whenever I said uh, the show feels long I think just cuz you know like I was like realizing like there's nothing coming from these people inside the apex it's it's too quiet the fights 
the fights are not being propped up by crowds being loud, so it's making the fights feel dull, and it made the show feel dull overall. I um I I got to that that co-main, and then we had the you know the 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 stuff with the you know the no contest or or the early stoppage, and then all that rigmarole trying to figure out what was going on, and then the video packages, you know, and I usually fast forward through them, but I think I was starting to kind of drift off, and. I, I'll tell you, I fell asleep during Muhammad Luke. I woke up and the card was over. So then I rewound and I went back to where I figured I had missed. And then I fell asleep again. And then I tried watching it the next morning and I fell asleep again. But at, whenever I woke up, they were reading the results. I'm just, okay, I've given this three chances. I know Muhammad won. I know he dominated. Uh, but I don't really have any technical analysis for this. I didn't score it. But you can kind of tell us how that fight went. I mean, it was a lot of... Uh... I mean, Luke K was was uh, ahead on the feet early in each, each round, each round. But it was Muhammad taking him down and just controlling from the top, and that was the difference in four of the five rounds. It's just Luke K couldn't. Luke K, uh, as great of a ground fighter as he is, he had nothing on the mat for Muhammad. Muhammad was just completely in, in control on top, and he and Luke K didn't do enough standing to make it to make it to where to overcome the uh takedown takedowns you know as far as scoring round rounds because muhammad would keep him down and do enough to keep it on the ground on the ground it was just it you know it wasn't it wasn't the worst fight but it wasn't the best fight it was just kind of kind of just there you know mediocre main event main event luke's best round was the third round third round but other than that it was like a clear muhammad thing muhammad fight and i gotta and i gotta bring this up because you know, because there's three instances of it. Eights. No, no. Oh, the open scoring. Tennis. The open score. Open scoring. Luke Case corner at the end of the fourth told him it was two two. Two of the three judges had a three one Muhammad, and the other score score was uh, was two two Luke. So Luke needed a fin needed a finish, but his his corner told told him you just need to win this round to win the fight. Incorrect information again given to the fighter. Saw it happened on Bellator. On Friday, AJ Antonio McKee, AJ's dad, told him he was up four four nothing after four rounds. Oh God! Which what is was Diaz? False. Which is false. <laughs> yeah. One judge had it four zero pitbull, and the other two had it three one pitbull. Pitbull. That yeah. was just uh, or yeah or I think and, two. And they did in the Sabatini Laramie. In the Sabatini two, Laramie, they, Laramie's by, corner told them it was one one. Yeah, Laramie's yeah. corner told him it was one one, one one. But it was very clearly two. Two zero, and it was also very clearly that the second round was a clear ten eight round. So you're yeah. not only was well, your guys- I thought I thought the first round you could have made a case that Laramie won, but I gave it Sabatini. <laughs> but I mean, you, you could see a judge giving it to Laramie because it doesn't he, matter, Paul. It doesn't matter what you or I scored. No, he was all down. Three, all way. three judges had it had it two zero with, they with did? all three okay. having okay. ten eight with all three having it ten eight ten eight. I mean, you cannot go. Okay. You cannot go how how media people or what how you're yeah. feeling score. You know, most of the media, I say most. I mean, nobody's perfect, perfect. But most of the media, if you actually look on Twitter, the general consensus is generally correct, and the general consensus is you should you sh- you should actually in a close round, your corner should be telling you you lost. 
Yeah. Because that's, I mean, that's the safest but, thing to do. And then it, it, you know, it, it provides desperation. And I've seen that before. Yeah. And I've seen where the, the fighter will come out and he's, they're trying for a finish because they think they're down to nothing, yeah. even though maybe they're not. Yeah. You know. But, but the, in, the, in all these cases, these corners are just telling, you just need to win this round. When that's not the case. Yeah. It's not the case. It's just, yeah. It's just, I am ready for open scoring just because, <laughs> just because I am tired of seeing batter, our fighters being given bad in, batter in, Correct information from the coaches. Somebody yeah. wanted to, somebody wanted to bring up like somebody tried to compare it to a golf caddy given, given you know the oh, golfer bad information. What a golf cad, golf caddy's telling you you, you should hit what to hit a seven iron when you should be hitting a five iron. That's bad information. He's not telling, he's not telling your golf caddy is just like, Oh, you're, you know, I don't know who's, you know, what the tournament score is. No, they know the score score. This is completely different. You don't know who's winning. This, winning this is fight. like, this is like a coach at, you know, at halftime of the, you know, of the NFC championship game, you know, and the team's down 21, nothing telling them you need, you just need a touchdown and we're right back. You know, we're tied. Like, you know, it's like, no, yeah, it's you're just, down. You, you know, yeah, I mean that's a bad analogy, but you know you you need a finish, like yeah. you know that's that's all there is to it, and uh, you know and and it's you know partly it's the three rounds too, it it makes it tough, but yeah. boxing is a little easier because you got twelve rounds, but yeah, and I and I had a big yeah. thing in the uh, in my observer recap recap over it because a lot of it had to do with the Sterling Sterling fight, but my okay. my main you yeah. know last week I don't know if you've read it or anybody listening who's uh, read no it. I I uh, I'll, I I normally would have but. I, I didn't work today, so I will print it off tomorrow and yeah, I'll read it but, tomorrow at lunchtime. But how my personal opinion is is coming around to to it. I mean, we've seen it. Yeah, everybody wants to be like, well, it works in Invicta. Invicta did all this. Yeah, my argument is like, yeah, it works there, but you don't have any fan, fans. Fan, you have hardly anybody there. So, so there's a lot different than it working there. Be, even when a judge has a has a bad scorecard, and then when a bad, you know, when a bad a judge has a bad scorecard and it's announced out loud in front of eighteen thousand fans, you know that judge is going to get booed, and you want to hope just that, that that doesn't sway him. You want to believe that 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 the judges aren't going to be swayed, but until you actually see whether or not it happens, that's that's a big that's a big thing but i mean well or maybe you do want to see him swayed like maybe he can wake up and watch the fight <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean well like, i mean it would it, it would yeah i do think this but, would hold this would hold judges more accountable in the moment yeah. too so although the the one thing you wouldn't want is okay so a judge gets booed and then the next round's close and he gives it to the other fighter you know yeah. and you don't necessarily want that yeah but but until um but until you know, that until that happens it it remains an unknown unknown whether it will actually happen happen so so that would that was always my biggest one of my biggest fear fears and then but uh yeah it's 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 time it's it's time that's nothing i agree I agree, and this and the same thing would have happened in the Bell Tournament event. So which is, let's uh, which let's, is funny, let's, which is which is funny because if you had asked me a month ago, I was still I was still hundred percent yep. for close close scoring. But I've heard, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of instances lately. The Matt Brown Brian Barbarina fight, fight, you know, a few other fights since then, and then we see three instances this weekend where it's just like, you know what, I'm just I'm tired of hearing these corner corners tell tell fighters they're winning or or it's tied when they're when they aren't, and there needs to be some actual clarity. I, I really, be, I didn't really have a strong feeling either way, but I'm like you, I'm coming around to, you know, I think we need open scoring. Yeah. So I'm just, I've seen it in Invicta and it's, I mean, it doesn't really seem like it makes a difference, but I think that, 
you know, I think that obviously there's a lot of these fights where it would have made a difference. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and, yeah. And, and like I said, I'm just, I'm just for more clarity for these fighters. Yeah, and, of course. And these coach and these coaches. And yeah, of course, like, you know, you say, we don't know that it, it makes a difference in Invicta. Invicta is also lower level fighters. So until it's done at, yes. the, at the highest level with the highest, highest level fighters, that's the only, the, it's, it's an unknown right now. It's worth it's worth giving a shot. Yeah. Um, okay. So let let's come back to the UFC in a minute, and we'll just uh, run over this Bell Tour real quick. Uh, we talked about Nemkov Anderson, so they're going to rebook that fight down the road because they still have to award the million dollars and award the title. In the main event, um, you mentioned uh, you know AJ McKee went into the fifth round thinking he was up four nothing, uh, even though uh, he was down three one and four nothing on the judges' scorecards. And uh, he came out and he won the fifth round, uh, but he didn't win the title. Uh, Pitbull, you know, he won four, you know, I guess he had uh, 48, 47 on two cards, 49, 46 on the other. I saw a couple media members scored it for McKee. Um, It it sounded like there was, you know, three of the rounds were kind of close. So, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to give it to McKee, but pretty clearly Pitbull won. Now, the, for me, the big news coming out of this is the fact that we figured, okay, if AJ McKee loses, he's a free agent. So they asked Scott Coker after the fight, is AJ McKee a free agent? He's like, I don't know. And then they asked AJ McKee, are you a free agent? He's like, I don't know. So Garrett asked me about this on Bruise News on Sunday. And I said, well, the only thing I can see is perhaps, okay, you got the champion's clause. You win, you win the title. You get your title. Your thing gets extended three more fights. But is that three more title defenses or three more fights? And maybe that's for the lawyers to figure out. Um, do you have a different take on that? Or do you know more? Um, I, I, I told him you probably would. I, I honestly have no, have no idea because on it, because this is the first time we've ever seen this happen happen there's never been okay, okay i can't ever remember an actual fighter's contract being in the champions clause portion because they haven't okay. come to new deal usually everybody usually everybody comes to new deal usually usually ufc ufc whenever a guy wins a title they they, they negotiate a new contract or at, at worst when it okay. gets to to you know where they have one or two fights left they they negotiate a new deal new deal and same had been for Bell, bellator i don't think i can't ever remember an actual fighter getting on onto the champions clause portion of their contract like in like aj mckee had so it's interesting and i don't think you know it's you would I think, think he's a free agent you would think right. scott coker would know would know but the fact that he says he doesn't know that's that kind of makes me shake my head and wonder what's what the heck's going on well, i would i kind of what the think, heck's going on but it also kind of tells me he probably is a free agent and because yeah, otherwise he would say he I, wasn't yeah i feel like he's a free i feel like he's a free agent because i've always i've always been under like without 100 percent knowing for sure i've always been under the influence under the idea of if it goes to the champions clause they it's either the three you know it's an until he completes the fights or he loses the title and then he's a free agent after that. Or one year, right? Yeah. You yeah, gotta it, get three fights in one year is I don't, is the I don't even it, I don't right? even know I don't even know if it's one year. I think it's it might just be a okay. number a set number of fights. Okay. But either way, like so if he is a free agent, he's going to UFC, right? I don't know. <laughs> I would think so, oh. but he's not going he's yeah, not gonna I, get what he was looking for now that he's lost. 
So true, true. I mean, but I think he'd get good fights. Yeah, and you know, I think it'd be like a Michael Chandler situation. Well, yeah. I'm where, talking, yeah, I'm know, talking they're, about they're, money. I don't know that he'll get two hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars of dollars a fight. He might. I mean, Michael Michael Chandler yeah. got a hell of a deal. So. So yeah, he's Michael not Moore. as big a name as Michael Chandler was because Bellator is so far under the radar now. Yeah. This is more like Justin Gaethje, I think, you know, in, in that level coming in, maybe even more than that. I don't even think it's that big. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you're probably right because World Series of Fighting was on NBC, probably, and, you know, and they'd been around this, for a while. This is probably Marlon Marais going to, going to UFC yeah. at the time. Yeah. Or, or Ben Askren, maybe? That was a little different circumstances. Okay. Well, yeah, because he traded for Demetrius Johnson. Um, and then even Pitbull was talking about UFC after the fight. Um, he doesn't want to go to UFC. He wants UFC to come to him. And that's not going to happen. But Silly. these guys got to stop talking about UFC. That's all, like, Pitbull, that's all Pitbull's know? talked about for years. For years is I know. saying UFC guys need to come, come over here to fight. Like, like what? I, no, it's not going to yeah, happen. It's not ever going to happen. I mean, Scott no, and Alexander is, Volkanovsky would destroy him. It's still it's still funny about how Scott Scott Coker, you know, talking about how UFC should co promote co promote, yet they don't want to co promote. <laughs> yet, yet he doesn't want to co promote Bellator at PFL. So it's just it's just, yeah. so so just shut the hell up. Yeah, with all this. So uh, Garrett asked me this question as well on Sunday, and uh, I, I I know what I answered, but I would say where would you put these two guys? Like if you were in if you're ranking them and you you have seen you are involved in the rankings, uh, where would you say? Like I told Garrett, I said I think they're top ten, maybe not top five. Uh, they're uh, they're top seven. Okay, so yeah, right, right about what I said then. Yeah, not top five. I mean, because I rattle off the top four, well, you know, I, pretty clearly. Well, Holloway, Volkanovski, Arnold Allen. If you're talking about both of them, both of them, they're both top seven. Yeah. I think, I think Pitbull right now would be top five, and McKee would probably okay. be about. Seven. Yeah, well, and and yeah, I could see that maybe, be you know, underneath what Arnold Allen, Alexander Volkanovski, Max Holloway. I and, mean, I mean, the um, the zombies five right now, and Pitbull would definitely be above him. Yeah, above him. Yeah, and maybe McKee. So okay. maybe McKee. So that would be yeah. you know top six. But I also think Arnold Allen. Where's I also think Arnold Allen should be yeah. above the zombie right now, and Allen's six. So so yeah, and that and, and that Bryce Arnold Mitchell. Huh? And no, and that Ar- Bryce he, Mitchell be about the same as AJ McKee, right? Uh, Bryce around, Mitchell's around nine. I you know I would put I would put McKee McKee in that Ar- Arnold Allen and Josh Emmett level, and those are six and seven right now. So okay, right there. Where's Giga four? Uh, eight, because he lost to eight. Calvin oh Cater. wow, okay. Because he lost to Calvin Cater. Right. Okay. Oh, yeah. See, so I told him. I said that divi- the, the division is so loaded. Yeah. I mean, I mean they might be top yeah. ten, and they might lose their first two fights and yeah, be you, out of the you, rankings. You know? Yeah. You got Volkanovski first, and you got Holloway, Ortega, Rodriguez, Cater, Zombie, Allen, Emmett, Chikadze, Mitchell, and Ige. The top Jesus. ten. Ortega, yeah, Ortega and Rodriguez were the two I I wasn't even thinking of. So yeah, holy crap, yeah, Ortega's way a bit way better than either of these guys. So um, yeah, so and then we the other big uh, fight on there was uh, Aaron Pico uh, against Adley Edwards, uh, journeyman fighter. Took it last minute, um, and Aaron Pico finished him in the third round, uh, just under a minute left in the third. Um, Adley Edwards had his moments in the fight. Uh, Pico is. He's kind of got a bit of a weak chin, but uh, he he got 
the job done. And uh, Coker, after the fight, was talking about, you know, he's probably going to be moving into main events now at this point. So we'll we'll see. It's sink or swim time for Aaron Pico. Um, and really not much else on that card. The, the Gracie brother I laughed about, he lost in the prelims. Um, he's 0-4 now. Um, and other than that, it was – I saw the payouts – Oh my God! Did you see the payouts? No, I didn't. Like not. these prelim guys, they're, they're they're like two thousand. That's what they're getting. Yeah, like Sounds like just right. like you said, yeah, two thousand yeah. plus yeah. whatever ticket sales they had. Yeah, and then two thousand win bonus. Um, you know, so maybe four thousand if they win. Um, yeah, so it was kind of kind of cute. Cute. That's a good word for it. Um, okay, and then moving over to UFC, uh, we talked about the main event. Uh, we talked about the co-main. Um, the uh, so I have three stars. I you know I I think I can do three stars. Um, but I'll let you go first. We might have the same three, but uh, I'm gonna go my first my first one. I'm gonna go with Drakkar Close. Uh, he got a yeah. he got a finish at 33 seconds in the second round, and I'm all for him having this nice comeback because his career was very much in jeopardy. Jeopardy after that shoving incident with Jeremy Stevens, Stevens at the weigh-ins. Yeah, you can be like, well, that was just a shove at the weigh-ins, but you know it, something happened. It triggered something in Close's neck and body that just almost forced him to retire. Tire and the fact that he was able yeah. to come back and I mean hell, he uh, they gave him an easy matchup which is which is probably the right thing to do because I mean, the guy was dealing with neck neck issues. You don't know of what he what he had what he has and but he looked outstanding, looked as good as ever and uh so yeah, that's one of my one of my three stars. Uh my second one, I'm going to go with Rafa Garcia who submitted uh, Jesse Ronson. That was a really fun fight, but Garcia Garcia was controlling on the ground. He did get deducted a point in the second round doing an illegal knee, uh, but uh you know, after that happened, he just was right after the submission and got it in the second round. And my third star, I'm going to go with Andre Fialo. Got a first-round knockout over Miguel Baeza. Uh, just that was a lot of punching and hitting each other on the feet, and that was definitely the most exciting fight on the main car card, in my opinion. But, you know, only lasted 4 minutes, 39 seconds. But great finish by Fialo. Okay, and for me, I'm going to go with uh... – Alatang Halle in the opener uh, got a 47 second knockout over Kevin Kroom. Uh, nice, nice finish there to kick off the card. Um, I'm also going to go with um, with uh, Drakkar Close. I just thought, you know, like he he looked like he finished Jenkins in the first round. Like he was just wailing him. I think they counted 35 straight strikes um, that uh, that he landed at one point and Jenkins was like out on his feet and I think when they came back for the second round, I think it was Herb Dean. Uh, I'm just looking it up. Yeah, it was Herb Dean. Um, he, uh, he, he was basically he was not going to have much more of this and then as soon as Close hit him one time and, and it was clear Jenkins wasn't defending, he, he put a stop to this. It was a really good stoppage by Herb. And then my third star is going to be Devin Clark in uh, the fight over William Knight and I had to laugh like so we we've talked about William Knight a lot on this show and like how does he ever make 205 and so they booked this fight at heavyweight and William Knight comes in at 251 and like oh my god like he's never going back to light heavyweight after this and that dude was so big and this was a fun fight and Clark finished him in the third round um and I think it was 1-1 so you know he needed to win that third round and he um and he got the finish so he made sure he got it done and uh that, that was a 
fun fight. And I, I wouldn't mind seeing this fight again some sometime because uh, I uh, I just I really like both guys and and I'll give Devin Clark my third star. Yeah, I mean, I, I did want to talk about William Knight and how massive, <laughs> massive he looked. Uh, that was just that was insane, insane. I was, I mean, it was at heavyweight because of this fight was put together like two, two weeks ago, and both of those guys were like, neither one of us are gonna make, gonna make light heavyweight, so they just fought at heavyweight, heavyweight. But yeah, uh, I mean, I didn't look like. I mean, Knight definitely didn't <laughs> cut any weight. I mean, his body at the weigh-ins, it, it did look very water-loaded. loaded. So that would probably, yeah. you know, that probably had to do with the actual weight. Weight, I feel like, you know, if he, yeah, yeah, 251, that's big. But I think if he actually was training and dieting right, dieting right, he could be, I don't know that he could make 205 anymore at that, but he could probably, he could probably be safely about 220. 220 easily but the way he's the way he's pushing iron yeah like you know he he could probably go up to 265 yeah you know and be solid muscle yeah you know so yeah yeah. Yeah. so so yeah but uh, um and devin clark is definitely gonna move back down i mean i what i think he weighed in at 231 or something i think he was like i I think it was a 223 i think Maybe oh, two twenty three. Okay, yeah. So I mean, that's I think it was in the that's normal weight yeah. for a light heavyweight. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's, a, not. that's that's him showing up on fight week before he starts his cut. So yeah, exactly. So um, all right. So take us through the rest of these uh, results. <laughs> okay, started off the night. Started off with with a bang with a Alatang Haley uh, finishing Kevin Kroom in forty seven seconds. That was was a fun forty seven seconds. Uh, uh, then we had a strawweight fight. Sam Hughes uh, got her first UFC win after three losses inside the octagon. Majority decision over Estella Nunez. Uh, Nunez controlled the first half of the fight, but got tired, and then Hughes controlled the second half of the fight. And Nunez did get docked a point doing an eye poke. Yeah, there was a lot of points taken away on this show too too but uh yeah good show for Hughes. Yeah. uh then we had a lightweight fight jordan levitt uh split decision over trey ogden it really came down to the second round and the second round jordan levitt landed 38 leg kicks which was you know, yeah and ogden didn't right huh what was that that was like a lightweight record, something like, uh, or something like that. But Ogden did not check any of them, and that ended up being the difference difference in the fight in the fight right there. And then you had the heavyweight fight. And we got to see Jordan. We got to see a little more Jordan Levitt than uh, we planned at the end of the first round. Uh, <laughs> did yeah, you see that. And then and, and then he did the splits and the twerking at the end of the fight. So yeah. I don't know, but I don't know what you're talking about about the end of the first. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, his ass, his ass was hanging out wow. at the end of the first round, and I, I made a comment on Twitter that they they let that stay on, but they cut Angela McGann's nipple. But I deleted before anyone saw it. <laughs> Probably for Go the best, Paul. <laughs> yes, yes, no doubt. Uh, <laughs> then we had the heavyweight fight, Mark, Martin Budai. Uh, won his debut technical decision over Chris Barnett. Budai dominated the fight, and it's a shame, shame that they matched up Chris Barnett with a guy who was going to neutralize him because this was a bad – because Chris Barnett's got so much personality, and he needs to be given guys who aren't going to lay and who aren't going to just clinch with him against the fence. I saw that coming from a mile away, and I was just like, this is not going to be a matchup that fits Barnett's strengths, and it was exactly that. Then we had the lightweight fight, Rafa Garcia submitting Justin Ronson in the second round. We had Drakkar Close, uh, second round TKO'd Brandon Jenkins. 
a women's band and white fight, Penny Kianza, the unanimous decision over Lena Landsberg. Then we had to close out the prelims, Devin Clark, third round TKO over William Knight. Uh, main card kicked off a uh, welterweight fight, Munir Lazez. Uh, scored a unanimous decision over Ange Lusa and then had one of the worst post-fight call-outs of all time that I'm not going to get into. Oh. Uh, then we had uh, no. Featherweight. Featherweight fight, Pat Sabatini, unanimous decision over TJ Laramie. 30-26 across the board, but that doesn't tell the whole story of the fight. It was a really good fight. Laramie was in it, but Sabatini was the clear winner. Uh, then you had Myra Bueno Silva over Wu Yanan, unanimous decision, 29-28, 29-28, 30-27. Andre Fialo, T- first-round TK over Miguel Baeza. Kai Borallo, the technical decision over Gazi, Omar Gaziev, and then Bilal Muhammad, unanimous decision over Vicente Luque in the main event. I'd say if you uh, want to just catch up on these fights and, and you don't have a ton of time, I would go and watch the Silva Wu and Sabatini Laramie fights. Um, Sabatini Laramie won, or sorry, Silva Wu won uh, fight of the night, uh, and Dracar Close and Andre Fialo got the performance bonuses. So that was the UFC on ESPN. And we've got a show coming up this weekend. Uh, it's going to be a tough one because not a lot of people, you know, everyone's going to be watching the basketball, but it's an ESPN plus uh, fight night. The main event is uh, one of the, probably one of the weakest main events uh, you're going to see. Uh, Jessica Andrade and Amanda. It's a good fight. Andrade on Amanda Lemos. I, I had to do an eye roll when they, when they called Jessica Andrade, one of the most accomplished women's fighters in UFC history. I mean, she's a good fighter and she's a former title title holder, but I think that's a little much. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know about she, you, but she is the only woman to win in all three weight classes. That's true. That's true. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and but Amanda Lemos is nobody knows who she is. Uh, you know, she's eleven and one. She's a good fighter. She she's I think she's ranked tenth. So it's like number ten, and and then you know a, a woman who's what is she number one at flyweight? Uh, yeah, yeah, Andrade or number four, number yeah. one at number one at flyweight. But she's moving back down to straw weight. So, I mean, clearly she you know try wants to uh, gear up for another title run, but a big win or you know, a big win for Lemos would get her in the title picture. So, and that's um, you know, I mean, it's kind of wide open at straw weight because you got the. Um, the Esparza Nama Yunus rematch coming up, and then you know it's you got uh, Joanna and uh, uh, I always forget her name. Weili. The the Weili Zhang, yeah, the the rematch coming up. So you know the winner there will probably fight for a title, and then you know who knows, maybe the winner of this one. So, um, but yeah, it's a it's a good fight. I expect I actually expect a finish here, and you don't often see that in a strawweight fight. But both the both these fighters can get a finish. So yeah, yeah. They're both, uh, what do you think? They're both heavy, high volume, heavy duty strikers. So so I could easily see one of them knocking knocking out the other. I actually think it'll be exciting. These, uh, I mean, everybody wants to talk. It's kind of funny that. Uh, there seems to they seem to have a lot of women's MMA fights like headliners when it goes against a get against a big boxing show. So I mean maybe oh. that has something to do with it. Even though even though the Tyson Fury fight will be over well before this starts, but uh, I forgot about that. But yeah, but yeah, somebody brought that up to me, and I was just like, you know what, that kind of kind of is right. But uh, but this is, I mean, it's. 
you know, they run 42 shows a year and we're in a stretch where there's, you know, a lot of fighters were booked early in the year and a lot of fighters being saved for the summer, summertime and big shows and, you know, arena, you know, and arena shows and all that. So, so, I mean, this is, I think this is a solid main event. It's not going to, it's definitely under flying under the radar, but it's should be an action packed main event in my opinion. There's, there's a fight. There's another women's fight on the main card that, I honestly think maybe the two fighters are maybe a little bit more well-known than the two main eventers, but they're not as good of fighters. Macy uh, Barber and Montana De La Rosa. Neither one of them are as well-known as Andrade. You don't think? Okay, maybe you might be right. I mean, the biggest the biggest name on the card is Clay Guida, um, but yeah. you know he's he's not a he's not a contender, and he's fighting somebody nobody knows. So um, you've also got Tanner Boser. You know, no, you don't. That's a little bit of a cult appeal. Oh, no, is that fight off? Yeah, he's out. Oh, is he? I thought I've got. I'm showing here against Alexander Romanov. That's not uh, Tanner Bozer announced today. He was out of the fight, injured. Oh, okay. Out of the fight. So, th- so we're down to eleven. Down to uh, eleven fights. They're trying time. to get a replacement to fight Romanov, and they're trying to get. Oh, and good then luck the with other, that. And then the other fight that we lost was Lewis Koski, impressive Parsons because Koski tested positive for COVID, but they're trying to get an opponent for Parsons as well. Okay. So we could have eleven fights. Um, we could have twelve. We could have thirteen. I don't think it matters. I mean, it's, you know, it's, this is, this is content like to fill spots on ESPN plus nobody's watching this card. Um, you know, everybody's going to be watching the, the boxing and, and the, uh, and basketball. Um, I mean, we'll be watching, but, uh, and I may even watch it live because the Raptors are playing at two in the afternoon. So, um, but, uh, or yeah, two Eastern. So I think it's one at one o'clock our time. Um, but, uh, other than that, like we've got a lot of names on the card, just, um, you know, not a lot of huge fights. Um, you know, a couple of interesting guys that we talk about a lot, Manel Cop is fighting Charles Rodin, Marc-Andre Berriot. They, those two seem to fight together every single time. Like they're always on the same card together. I, unless, you know, I don't know if they're training partners or what, you know, they're both Canadian Canadians. And then of course, so we, we always talk about our three fights that we want to see. So my first one is is dean barry and mike jackson uh we see mike jackson he's on the screen almost as much as you are with his tweets and he's going to be fighting this is uh this is the guy that uh had a no contest against cm punk even though we saw him win and he's fighting dean barry out of uh ireland i they've tried to make this fight like four times i think least least three times uh, that i can see uh and yeah it's it's gonna happen and uh i don't expect a great fight but I, i'll you know i always like to see mike jackson in there so that that's my number one uh number two uh i gotta go with my canadian uh boy charles Rodin against uh lando venata groovy venata and uh also i'll leave that one for you and uh, I guess I'll go with uh, Madarje Sue against no, that's no, that's the one I'm going to leave for you. Um, and then Macy Barber and Montana De La Rosa that I mentioned earlier. Um, I at flyweight, I you know I think flyweight's another one that's wide open, trying to get a challenger there. Macy Barber's nine and two. She's somebody you know I think at one point she wanted to be the youngest UFC champion in history. Uh, she finally got the big win over Miranda Maravic, uh, Maravic Maverick in her last fight. It was a split decision, so she needs a win here. And Montana De La Rosa is uh, another one that I've you know kind of been interested in following. Her and her husband are both. Fighters, and she's coming off a win as well over Ariane Lipsky. So those are my three. Uh, what do you got? 
Oh, my first one is was uh, Lando Venata and Charles Jordan. I think that's the best fight overall on this card. On this card, and definitely gonna gonna it's gonna. I mean, both those guys have exciting fights all the time, so it's kind of hard to say that this one's not going to be exciting, and it's going to be probably just a brawl on the feet. Um, my second one is Manel Cop against Sumu Derji. You, people who've listened to this show and you, Paul, know that I'm a huge fan of Manel Cop, yeah. and I think he he can be a flyweight title challenger and possibly even a champion. Champion. He got off to a rough start in the UFC. You know, lost his first two fights, but both fights could have easily gone his way. Uh, but uh, yeah, this should be fun. Suma Derji is is a fun fighter as well, so this one should be a slugfest as well. And I'm glad it got bumped up to the main card and my third one i'm gonna go with a light heavyweight fight uh, uh tyson pedro against ike villanueva this is more so because of tyson yeah. pedro is fighting for the first time since 2018 and when he first came in the ufc he looked like a guy who could have been a, a contender a light heavyweight uh had some struggles and then you know hasn't fought for a long time injuries pandemic travel issues you know can't get out of out of Australia and New Zealand, but he's finally back and and I uh, let's see how good he looks because because he's he's also he's a lot he's a lot like Tai Tuivasa and the fact that he's a very entertaining personality. He's not as crazy and won't be doing shoeies like Tai Tai. Maybe he won't. Maybe you know who knows he might because I think they're. I think they're very good friends. I think they were doing. They either did or do a podcast together. Yeah, you know, oh. did for a little while. So, oh yeah, uh, uh, actually, I say they're very, very close. Tatui Voss is Tyson Pedro's brother-in-law. So, so who knows? Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> so who, who knows? They, you know, they might. He might do a shoey too. So, so, but uh, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, yeah. So he. Uh, I was definitely definitely looking forward to seeing him return. You, uh, I'm surprised. Uh, I thought maybe you might pick uh, Jordan Wright and Marc Andre Berrio. Uh, Jordan Wright's a guy like you look at him and he looks like a star. And it just, I just wish he could fight as well as he looks and talks. Um, you know, kind of like a Sage Northcutt thing going on there. But um, he's uh, probably a better fighter than Sage Northcutt. Not much better, but uh, Beverly Hills Ninja Jordan Wright. He's, uh, you know. He's got some star power, but just not the fighting to back it up. Uh, okay, uh, go through uh, the rest of this card. Okay, so for what, our prelims, what we got so far, for our prelims, uh, it starts off with the welterweight fight, Dean Barry against Mike Jackson. I've got uh, I've got nothing to say about this fight <laughs> at all, at all. It, I don't, why is it even happening? <laughs> I don't even know. I mean, they had their per. I know they wanted to give Mike Jackson one more another fight, but they okay. really. Did they have to? I mean, his his win over CM Punk was turned to no contest. I mean, granted, it was stupid marijuana rules, but but that would give you an out. But who cares? Who cares? Yeah. I don't. I don't care about this fight. This fight. So, so I mean, I almost. I this past week, I almost. I didn't. I fell asleep before the UFC and 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 slept through my alarm and almost missed the first fight. I think if I did that this week and missed this fight, I wouldn't miss much. But uh, then we'll go. <laughs> then uh, next, you have a light heavyweight fight, Marcin Prochnio against Felipe Lins. Bantamweight fight, uh, Aori Kalang against Cameron Els. 
uh, light heavyweight fight, Tyson Pedro against Ike Villanueva. Welterweight fight, Dwight Grant against Sergey Kondosko. And then uh, the Jordan Wright, Mark Andre Barrio fight that's going to be actually at a 190 pound catch weight because Barrio's taking the fight on very short notice. Notice, so they don't want to. They agreed to fight at 190 instead of 180. Yeah. 186. And then main card, it kicks off with the featherweight fight, Lando Venata against Charles Jordan. And then you have the uh, flyweight fight, Manel Kopp against Sumu Derji. Then you have women's flyweight fight, uh, Macy Barber against Montana De La Rosa. And then you have the uh, lightweight uh, co-main event, uh, Clay Guida. Again, you know, UFC veteran and fan favorite against Claudio Puelas, who's on a nice three-fight win streak. And then you have the main event, strawweight fight, Amanda Lemos against former strawweight champion Jessica Andrade. And, uh, yeah, and like I was saying, Alexander Romanoff could be on the card in a heavyweight fight, and Preston Parsons could be on the card in a welterweight fight if they can find opponents for those two guys. I uh, see uh, Philip Leans is moving down from heavyweight as well. And Era Kileng is moving up from bantamweight for for these, uh, yes. or from flyweight to bantamweight on these fights. So if you heard those names and were wondering. Um, okay, so yeah, so that will be uh, Saturday at uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 uh, our time so that's the same time as uh this or well it's, it's a half hour earlier than the card this week um but uh yeah with 11 or 12 or 13 fights hopefully it'll be over by you know 11 uh, 11 eastern 10 our time uh won't no, it's a, your basketball it's a, too much it's nine eastern time eight central for the main card and six eastern time five central okay. for the prelims so, so, nine, so it's probably over by 11 then yeah. right 11 eastern yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then we've also got Bell Toy this week. Midnight uh, Eastern, 11 Central Time. Midnight Eastern? Oh, jeez. Okay. Um, so we got two shows from Hawaii this week uh, in Bellator. And I, like I've mentioned a few times, I'm really looking forward to these cards. I always enjoy the Hawaii cards. Um, so the first one on Friday is headlined by a uh, women's flyweight title fight. Juliana Velasquez defending against Liz Carmouche. Uh, we've all, we got former UFC fighters, Enrique Barzola fighting in the co-main. I see Grant Neal, uh, Nate Andrews. You know, there's a few names on the card. Eric Perez, excuse me, and then, you know, your usual prelims. Uh, and then the second show, um, just pull it up here, has, uh, I know it's got um, Ilimale McFarlane uh, fighting in the uh, in the uh, co-main, and that is always must-see, or is she not? She started from top. Oh, yeah. You know, not the co-main, but she's, yeah, she's fighting uh, Justine Kish. And this probably a title eliminator. You know, the winner will fight uh, the winner of the uh, Friday fight. Uh, this is the bigger card. We've got Chris Cyborg defending the featherweight title against Arlene Blanco. We've got the um, the, the bantamweight tournament kicking off with Juan Archuleta and Rafi and Stotts uh, fighting for the interim title. And Kyogi Horiguchi and Patchy Mix in the other bantamweight fight. Also got Lance Gibson Jr. Uh, fighting in the prelims, who is, of course, the son of Lance Gibson and um, uh, Julia Budd. 
So, uh, I guess stepmom, she's uh, his stepmom, but, uh, so yeah, so it's an interesting yeah. card. Agoyi Yamauchi is fighting. Yeah. You got Kai Kamaka, you got Yancy Medeiros against Emmanuel Sanchez. Yep. I was just going to mention. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, both those guys have been asking for like Yancy Medeiros and Kai Kamaka have been asking for fights in Hawaii forever from UFC. So now they're in Bellator and, and they get the fight. So that's cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that honestly like if i had a choice i'm probably gonna have to watch ufc because we cover it here but i mean i am definitely gonna watch this show and if i had a choice of only watching one i think i'd probably watch the bellator show on saturday um i'm just i'm really interested in a lot of these fights and i really love the atmosphere in hawaii the crowd is awesome uh elaine malay mcfarland comes off as the biggest star in the world when she fights there so um and and yeah like you mentioned you know a lot of big fights on the undercard like you know so yeah i'm uh Bobby King as well. Um, well luckily, so luckily, I uh, luckily both of us have the ability to watch both shows, so that will be no problem right there. Correct. Yeah, I can watch it on YouTube, um, and yeah, I'll, I'll probably watch it Sunday morning, but I definitely will watch it. So we'll talk. We'll talk about it next week. Um, so the, that's all the cards out of the way. So we got the news, and there's actually wait, quite there's, a bit of news wait, this week. There, there's a, oh. there's another card on Wednesday. Wednesday. PFL, oh really? PFL kicks what? off this week. Oh. Oh, the tournament? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, what's the what's the main event? Uh, this one is uh, the the show on Wednesday has the light heavyweight and the lightweight uh, tournaments, and then uh, you know not yeah that's all that's on the card. Oh, this is in but your the, neck of the woods, eh? Arlington, the main, are you going? Yeah. I could go. Uh, Wednesday night's a bad night for me, so I don't know that I will go. Will go. I, it's just. I want to go to all the funny thing is I want to go to all three shows, but they're all on, they're all three on different nights of the week, week of, of the week that they're on, on, which already makes it hard. Cause I can't, re- and they're all always on like bad nights. I think if they were like on one yeah. set night, set night, like, like a Friday night or a Thursday night or a Wednesday night, I would probably not a Wednesday. Wednesday's a bad night for me, but like Thursday or Friday, I might make, make way, make way to go, but just the, it's a bad. It's a bad time, you know. And to quote Mark Wahlberg from the other guys, "It's a bad time, Bob." You know, just, just, <laughs> just. Well, but, uh, the, the main event is actually a, a big fight, and it's on ESPN. Yeah, uh, Clay Collard, Jeremy Stevens. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's that's a great main event, and Jeremy Stevens. We haven't we haven't seen him fight in a non UFC fight in fifteen years. So, so yeah. So, and but, we've got uh, Olivier Obama Mercier also fighting on the main card, and then the prelims, which are on ESPN Plus, have uh, Corey Hendricks, um, Omar Yakhmedov for fighting on that. Uh, those are probably the two biggest names. Robert Wilkinson, former UFC fighter, I think, and will, uh, Shoeface, our, our good friend Shoeface, is also on the main card. I will say the PF, PFL show I'll probably go to is the third one on May 6th because that's got Kayla Harrison and Anthony Pettis and okay. Rory McDonald and Ray Cooper and all them on there on there and i'd like to see harrison fight once in person so that one i might go to and see hear her pre hear her um her promo as well um and so this is wednesday and uh do you got the oh yeah the uh the main card is at 8 p.m eastern prelims are at 5 eastern so that's not a bad time yeah i mean it's running head to head with dynamite 
So I'll, I'll tape it, but I'll definitely watch it. Um, assuming it's on TV here. Uh, I probably won't get to see the prelims, but maybe. Yeah, it's four o'clock our time. Yeah, maybe I'll watch the prelims. Um, and we have Stevie Ray as well on the prelims. I just noticed uh, former UFC, another yeah. former UFC yeah, fighter. No, so yeah. yeah, a lot of big names. No weird thing when you look at this ESPN lineup, they got no weight classes for any of them. Yeah, um, a, I guess there's it three lightweight fights and one light heavyweight fight. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I know the, uh, uh, yeah, because uh, Obama Marcier is is back down to the lightweight. So, so thanks for mentioning that. I totally slipped my mind. Although I did see the press release that they sent out today, um, and I thought it was just another one of their um, uh, contender series type things because they've been running those for, for like a month now. So. Um, so yeah, big big uh, weekend news. You got a lot here. Some of it we've already talked about. Uh, but is there anything you wanted to highlight out of the news? Well, there wasn't really much new much news this week. I, uh, I guess outside of the Jones Stepe thing. But the only other thing I think we UFC had or heard to, was a uh, UK. Was, yeah, the UFC UK's return looks to be uh, July twenty third in Liverpool, England. So not so not, we can not, uh, we can pretty much expect to see Darren Till on that card as well as yeah, um, Darren Patty Tom, Boy Pat, and uh, Patty and Molly McCann. And, I mean Liverpool makes sense yeah, if it's Arnold Allen. The, yeah, maybe uh, I don't know about Arnold. Uh, maybe I I think I don't know about Arnold Allen because just because I think that Arnold Allen needs to be in the main event, but I think in Liverpool you have to go with Till in the main event. And Patty it has in the to be Darren Till. Yeah, because Darren. I mean, yeah. Yeah, that just makes sense. And then you can you can have Patty in the co-main, and then if something happens to Till, you can always move Patty up, uh, it, depending on who the opponent is. Um, and uh, Marlon Moraes, uh, you mentioned him earlier in the show in passing. Uh, he retired this week, which yeah. I didn't know till I read in your column. Yeah, he announced his retirement earlier in the week. Uh, didn't look like he was going to be fighting again for the UFC. So, so I guess he's kind of one of those guys like, yeah, you know, UFC or not. And it's probably the best for him to, to uh, yes, he said he's retired. I, I will call it take a break. Because, because I, I, it's hard to yeah. say that MMA, MMA fighters stay retired, especially Mariah's is only thirty three years old. So, so I could see him, you know, coming back at some point for something. If a spot opens up, fun. I don't know if uh, I don't know if uh, PFL has a bantamweight tournament, but if a spot opens up there, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him take yeah. it because yeah. he he'd probably be a favorite to win. Yeah, but he needs a he needs a break. Four straight losses, all by knockout. You know that needs to be. Yeah. You know, it's a bad, it was a tough tough end to his UFC career. Career, I mean, he fought one. He fought for the title against Henry Cejudo, came up short, but he beat guys like Jose Aldo, Alzheimer Sterling, Rafael Sunsal, Jimmy Rivera. You know, inside the UFC, so uh, yeah. Aldermaine Sterling, current champion, so and he's got a win over him. So that's uh, you know, yeah, guys with uh, better with worse records have kept going. So uh, I yeah, I think you're right. I think we'll probably see him at some point again. Um, and I'm looking at your fight announcements, and there's a lot of them, but I don't really see. Well, I guess there's there's a few you could highlight. Yeah, uh, for first one to highlight, I will say is the uh, we uh, for the June fourth UFC Fight Night card. We have a main event: Alexander Volkov against Jarzinho Rosenstruck. I mean, when all else fails, let's Ooh. go to the let's put the heavyweights in a headliner when you need a main event. Man, Volkov just yeah. just lost a month ago to Tom Aspinall, Aspinall. But so this is a quick turnaround. But uh, yeah, they needed a main event for that show. So this is you know this 
this is fine. It'll probably still be in the apex. So, so, but, uh, yeah, uh, just a big one, uh, June 25th, uh, Neil Magny against Shavkat Rachmanov. That was announced. I think that June 25th card is going to be the one in Austin, Texas. I'm not a hundred percent sure okay. on that, but I, I have a, you know, I've, I felt it was always going to be the 18th or the 25th, but something about the 25th, you know, I, I think that's going to be the one that ends up in Austin. Uh, July 9th, uh, USC finite Cynthia Calvillo uh, against Nina Nunez. That's, that's going to be at the, uh, in the women's flyweight uh, division. Yeah, yeah, flyweight. Yeah, and, and another another flyweight fight on that card yeah, too, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah. that just got announced: Antino Shevchenko and Courtney Casey. Yeah, that one got moved uh, from the April thirtieth card to the July 9th card because Shevchenko was was injured, so they just opted to keep the matchup and rebook it for later. Okay. And then July sixteenth, fight USC fight night. We got a flyweight fight: Alex Perez against Askar Askarov. Askarov getting right back in there after after suffering that loss to uh, Kaikar France, and then you have Dustin. And Jacoby against Dion Jung on that show. And then there's a lot of other fights. Light heavyweight? Yeah, light heavyweight. A lot of other fights uh, that were announced this week. Uh, Cody Stamen against Eddie Wineland on June 18th. Julian Marquez against Gregory Rodriguez June 18th. Hey, friend of the show, Julian Marquez. And yeah. uh, Chris Curtis uh, finally getting back in there after his nice little run against, uh, ooh, a tough one, Rodolfo Vieira. Uh, he better not go to the ground. Yeah. Um, is that welterweight? Uh, middleweight. Be back to welterweight now? Middleweight. Middleweight. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, not much else that I see that's super exciting. A lot of, it, a lot of decent fights. Yeah. Oh, Blood Diamond yeah. is back against Orion Kosky. June yeah, 11th, UFC Sing- Singapore, yeah, Singapore. It's not a lot of big, a lot like not a lot of like high profile fights, but a lot of a lot of fights were announced against with you know a few high profile ones, but a lot of middle to lower level you know talent announced this week. And uh, the um, the uh, in addition to all the stuff we talked about that's coming up this week, we've also got an LFA card from uh, North Dakota, actually not too far from me, uh, on Fight Pass on Friday night, and then Fury FC. We've talked about a lot from Houston uh, on Saturday, Saturday, Sunday afternoon on Fight Pass. I never heard of this town in uh, North Dakota. I just want to Google it here. Well, apparently Newtown, it's a new town. North <laughs> uh Newtown, North Dakota. Let's see where it is. Uh okay, directions. How far how far is it from me? From home. Uh oh, it's actually pretty far. Uh it's closer to um Montana than it is to uh to uh, Manitoba, honestly. Um yeah, it's it's pretty far. Um anyways, that's uh that's Friday. If you want to watch uh you just can't get enough with all this Bell Tour and PFL and UFC. So that's just going to about wrap it up. Uh, Ryan, you'll have a preview later this week, Thursday night, Friday morning. And then, of course, your Observer coverage of last week's show, which uh, we can look forward to reading next Monday as well as – or sorry, next Friday. Uh, and then I'll, uh, I'll, I'll catch your, call, your column from last week uh, when I, when I uh, print off the Observer tomorrow. Um, and I've got uh, tomorrow night um, the – 
or as you're listening, the Dynamite Show with Jeff Hawkins. We're going to have a special guest uh, as well. We had a special guest last week. We're going to have another special guest this week. I haven't told Jeff yet. Uh, Mel Gray from the Power Bombshells is going to join us. And uh, and yeah, and, and uh, so yeah, you can check that out on your feed. Um, and I want to thank everybody for supporting uh, us uh, by subscribing and leaving us a five-star review. If you haven't done so, please do that. It helps us out a lot. And uh, if you haven't already, also sign up for the Patreon. Um, you get bonus content from everybody on this. We didn't do one this past pay-per-view, but we will we'll definitely do that next month. And uh, I also want to thank uh, Steve Geimer, a uh, friend of the show, for, I don't know if he listens to this one, but if he is, shout out to Steve. He just re-upped for a year. So I want to thank him a lot for uh, for supporting us on the Patreon. So uh, this is going to wrap it up. So Ryan, why don't you take us home like you always do? All right. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Have a great week and enjoy the fights this weekend. Later.